0: The Tennis Game Win Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast Scenario presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get an extra $100 at sportscamppodcast.com slash winbet, the sportsgampodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the college basketball experience. March Madness is heating up, and you need to subscribe to the college basketball experience for all of your March Madness coverage. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the SportsCam Podcast Network. It is currently Tuesday morning, February 28th, and it's time to finish up the Outright episode. I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again, going solo for this pod. I mentioned in the last podcast that we had to break up the Outright episode into two parts because of the schedule and how it's basically impossible to have lines on Acapulco where the matches ended around two or three in the morning and then have time for those odds to get posted mixed in with Dubai starting at roughly 4 or 5 in the morning. So as a result, we ended up breaking down the Dubai and the Santiago tournaments in the early, early Tuesday morning episode. And we said we'd be back a regular time Tuesday morning. And now it's time to get into the Acapulco tournament. Now, before we actually get into the previews don't really have much housekeeping to do but wanted to at least discuss it because we have no place to recap now we did give out a couple of plays there in the santiago tournament we gave out Lahovich minus three and a half games as the lock and we gave out the over two and a half sets in the ramos vanolas and montero match hopefully those cash but those matches have not started yet so can't really recap them so Instead, we're going to add two more plays here. That was basically the announcement that I was going to make, was that even though usually we do two picks for the outright episode total, since we have two separate outright episodes, I will give out a bonus two picks here for Acapulco. So if you're wondering if there would be a lock and dog segment at the end, no need to worry, there will be. But I'm not going to stall much longer. This, This episode should be relatively short since we already did the uh, 66% of the tournaments in the previous episode. So looking at Acapulco, to go through the recent winners, it's mostly been Nadal, if I'm being honest, because Nadal's won this event uh, four times. But to go through the actual winners here, you have Nadal who beat Cam Nori, you have Zverev who beat Tsitsipas, you have Nadal who beat Fritz, Kyrios who beat Zverev. Del Potro, who beat Anderson. Query who beat Nadal, which is a bit of a Cinderella run there by Query. Dominic Thiem beat Tomic. Shout out to Tomic. I know that he was kind of grinding it out in futures and in challenger events. And then you have uh, Ferrer and Dimitrov. And yeah, that's how long ago it was, 2014. Dimitrov actually wanted to tournament But anyway, uh, to look at the actual players here that have made a run or two to either win a title or to be a runner-up. You do have Cam Norrie at 8-1, and he has won this event before. Besides that, though, really not much else. Uh, I just mentioned a lot of guys who are in the middle of the Dubai tournament, like Zverev and uh, like a couple others, but unfortunately, you're looking at, for the most part, guys who aren't exactly here. Zverev ended up winning in, uh trying to remember if that was, that was Dubai. Zverev ended up winning, uh, where he ended up beating uh, Leshika. So Zverev has won here. He's not here. Nadal's won here. He's not here. Kyrgios is injured. Uh, Del Potro and Anderson retired. Uh, team is busy in Santiago. So yeah, not exactly many, former winners in this current field. Nori, though, is the closest as the defending runner-up, and he's available at around 8-1. to one. Now, looking at the actual odds for the favorites, we'll go in order here. We do not have any quarter draws, so keep that in mind. So we're only going to go through the outrights of the tournament. We'll go through the draws anyway, but I don't have odds on the in-particular quarters. I mean, on the specific quarters. So starting off with Alcaraz, he's favored at plus 350. Fritz is plus 450 as he ended up beating Isner in the first round yesterday. Fritz, I didn't mention, by the way, did end up losing in the final in 2022 Nadal. So I guess that is another runner-up guy who's here. Uh, But you have Rune, who had a nice three-set win there against Shelton at plus 500. Berrettini's at 6-1. Rude's at 6-1. Rude had a really hard time last night, but he ended up winning in three sets and a marathon there. Tommy Paul's at plus 700, as he was able to beat Gomez. Tiafo is plus 750 as he was able to beat Nishioka in uh, straight sets yesterday. Competitive though, but still straight sets. Nori, uh, who I'll talk about in a second, Diminor at 9 to 1, Shapo at 10 to 1, as Shapo had a marathon match there against Kekmanovic. You have uh, Nakashima, who's returning, McDonald at 25 to 1, Mamo at 28 to 1, and that's basically it. So, long story short, when you have that many favorites below the 11 to one price range or even just below eight to one price range. I'm not picking a long shot. I think there's too much talent just in general. And even though there's not one definitive breakaway candidate to win this event, the fact that you can really look at the top, I mean, you can make a case for the top seven, eight guys. It means I'm not picking a long shot here. I think you're going to see one of these seven or eight guys win the event. Now I got to talk about the favorite here and Alcaraz at plus 350. There is a 0.0% chance I'm taking Alcaraz to win this event uh, based on what I saw on Sunday in his marathon match against Nori. Alcaraz decided to play this event. I was shocked because of the injury that he suffered to his leg during the course of the week and how little movement he had in the final. I'm shocked Alcaraz is here. I guess he hurt Acapulco's nicest time of year. But I am shocked he's even participating in this event. He looked at, even on being generous, 50% health in that tournament. And now he's back to play on hardcore for the first time since the Australian Open. I'm not exactly sold on his prospects here. So not even the Australian Open. He wasn't there in the Australian Open. It's going to be his first hardcore tournament of the year, I believe. I don't really think I can give him a great chance of winning, especially at plus 350. Those odds are insane. I get Alcaraz is probably the number two player in the world, but that's when he's healthy. When he's somewhat injured, I'm not going to suddenly assume he's going to miraculously heal and the leg won't bother him. I got to fade Alcaraz here. I just think 350 is a crazy price. I can't do it. Fritz at 450 is interesting. The core does play slower. So, Acapulco is one of the slower hardcore tournaments in the ATP, so you can argue that maybe a rallyer would end up beating him because Fritz's serve won't be able to dominate as much as other uh, hardcore tournaments, but still, Fritz has made a deep run here before, I think that bodes well for him. $450, 450, though, little bit cheap. I, I don't think I'm really sold on the price tag, but I'll look at the actual draws. Alcaraz to go through his draw. He faced off against McDonald and then Nakashima most likely in the first two rounds. Could be Altmaier, but after that he would face off against Tommy Paul. So not exactly the easiest draw there for Alcaraz. Potentially the American frenzy there, as he would have to face off against Americans potentially in each of the first four matches, which I find kind of funny, but that is definitely a possibility a ton of Americans in this field. But to look at uh, Alcaraz face-off against McDonald's, which isn't exactly easy. We saw McDonald take care of an injured Nadal in the Australian Open, a play that we're actually on for the plus uh, games there for McDonald and he won straight sets. I think it could be a decent spot here for McDonald to take advantage of another injured opponent and beat Alcaraz here. But to look at the draw for let's go with Fritz. So Fritz plays Chapo next round, which is not exactly ideal. Then Tiafo faces off against Feliciano Lopez. Shout out to Lopez for winning in his first match in a while. Uh, an embarrassing loss by Eubanks, but I've never been a big Eubanks guy, a uh, tall American, somewhat big serve, a lot of unforced errors, not a very good tennis player. And Feliciano Lopez beat him despite basically being one foot out the door in terms of retirement. Besides that, to look at anybody else, Rune, would face off against most likely Borges, and Borges actually just won a, a challenger event, so I am concerned about fatigue for him. Uh, you have Nori taking on Manorino, Berrettini taking on Molkin, and then Nori would take on most likely Berrettini uh, if the two favorites were to advance uh, in that little section there. And to look at everybody else, De Menor has a Mexican wild card in the first round in Pacheco-Mendez. Very, very high rating, uh, ranking, and uh yeah, Munar's ex- expected to absolutely demolish him in that event. And you have Berrettini, the other one, uh, Jacobo Berrettini taking on Oscar Atta. And on the bottom half, you or the bottom section, you have Rude, who ended up beating an Argentinian qualifier in a three-cent marathon, and you had Taro Daniel who had a nice win there over JJ Wolf. But for the sake of the outrights here. I have to stay away from Nori. It's not the same situation as Alcarez because Alcaraz has the built-in injury component, but it's a pretty similar fade in the scheduling spot. Alcarez and Nori both played clay tournaments back-to-back weeks, and now they're playing for the third straight week and they're changing surfaces. I can't take Nori. I know that he was the runner-up in this event. I can't do it. He also might have a matchup against Berrettini, the good one, in the second round. Berrettini is also tricky at 6-1 to one because he hasn't played in a while and you're kind of wondering how he's going to look. But I do think it's not exactly the best scheduling spot for Nori. He does face off against Manorino in round one. Manorino is a pretty steady veteran, and he also hits a lot of junk balls. I think you could see a bit of an interesting match play out because of how unique Manorino's style is. I expect to see a lot of long points, and even though Nori is a very fit player, I'm not sold on the scheduling spot for him against Manorino, and I'm not sold on him to make a deep run, potentially to win another title when he's playing his third tournament in three weeks. So I'm going to stay away from uh, Nori there at 8-1. to one. I don't mind the price, but still, I, I think I'm just going to stay away from him there. Uh, if I had to pick anybody based on the draw and the odds, I know he came back to bite us last week, but... He made a decent run there. He just lost to Bonzi, who kind of went nuts. I kind of like, man, I kind of like Dimonor here at nine to one. I think it's a good price. He's going to have Pacheco Mendez, who he's going to crease through, who's cru- going to cruise through. This is just a buy, so that's a free win. To face off against probably Ata, and Atta has not been playing good tennis this year either. Uh, the, I mentioned before the hard courts in Acapulco are slower. So, Otta's serve should not dominate as much as it does in other hardcore tournaments. I think that bodes well for Dimonor. Then he faced off against probably Casper Rude, but Rude might be an upset award because he had a really hard time beating uh, Androsi in the first round, and that's definitely not a good look. So, I think that Dimonor has a pretty solid path to make a decent run here. Besides that, though, I told you I'm not taking Nori, Bertini, I'm not going to take. I'm not Rune's interesting. It was his first match off injury, and he looked pretty good against Shelton. I mean, Shelton has a massive serve, and Rune Rune was able to win anyway. But at five to one, I'm not sold on the price. I think if I was going to pick anybody else, I know that I've roasted him in the past. But I think it's actually a pretty good surface for him and just good overall climate for him. I'm tempted by Tiafo. The issue is he faced off against Feliciano Lopez, which I think should be a relatively free win. Then you'd have to face off against Fritz or Shapo, but you're kind of hoping those guys kill each other. I think it's a decent path for Tiafo. I think if you wanted to make a case for Tommy Paul, you can make a case, but I think I'm going to stay away from Paul because I think Momo can actually give him a bit of a run there. Uh, So I think if I was going to pick another route, right, it would be Tiafo, who I know he went to a 7-6-6-4 match against, against Nishioka, is still a pretty good player. It's not like he ended up beating some scrub in the first round. It was a tough matchup. Tiafo came through, but Tiafo has the movement. He has the serve, which could definitely help him upset a player or two if the serve is on, and he does have the very, very nice forehand. The backhand's pretty good, too. The issue is the fact that he's a head case, but I have to acknowledge that he did make a deep run in the U.S. Open last year, and he had some success in general on hard courts in his career. I think it's a decent price point for Tiafo at 750. If you think he's got a decent chance of beating Fritz or Schapo, and I'm kind of hoping those guys really just have an all-out war. And Tiafo, if he wins in straight sets against Lopez, which he should, then he should have a tired opponent in his third round match, or as I should say, in his quarterfinal match, and that bodes well. But facing off against Feliciano Lopez at 41 and a half years old, I think is definitely a nice draw for him and I'll take Tiafo as well. Uh, besides that, though, I really don't have much more to add on the outrights. I wanted to make a case for Nori. I really did, just because I do think that he his game translates pretty well to this court, which is why he made a runner-up appearance, or why he made a final appearance, and he finished runner-up, but I really hate the scheduling spot. I can't do it. Berrettini, I'm not going to pick either. I just have to see him play on hardcore uh, I haven't seen him play in a while, and I am kind of hoping that he'll look sharp, but you never know, and his draw is not the easiest. So for me, I think the two outrights I'm going to go with here are going to be on... Rune's interesting once again, but at 5-1, to one, I'm not sold on the price. So I think my options are going to be uh, Tiafo at 750, and I will take Dimonor at 9-1. to one. I will look at Rune's draw one more time just to see if I'm tempted by anything. I mean, he's going to get past the first two. He's going to get past the first two rounds. He already got past the first round. He should be gorgeous. Then he's facing off against either Nori, Manorino, or Berrettini, and then after that, he would face off against Diminor or Rude. It's not exactly the easiest draw for Rune, and a five to one. Meh. I'll, I'll, I think I will pass in the end. So once again. I'll go with Tiafo and I'll go with Dimonor as my two outrights. But I'll keep it relatively light. Uh, I think if I had to pick a third guy, I probably would lean to Rune. But I think I'm just going to stick with those two and hope for the best. So other than that, that's going to wrap it up for this pretty short preview episode and outright preview of Acapulco. But, of course, I didn't forget about the actual picks for the show in the Lock and Dog segment. So we'll give out those right after we have a word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Game Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's build-your-own-bet. March Madness is almost here, plus there are plenty of ways to get down on the nba the nhl and the xfl people might have forgotten there's football going on right now sign up today to receive a special offer bet 100 and get an extra 100 of limited state availability and of course for our d gens only special if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week you get an extra one thousand dollar free credit there's so, much, there's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgampodcast.com slash winbet, so then we send you the sportscampodcast.com slash winbet. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store, which continues to add new items to the store every day. Head over to store www.sportscamppodcast.com to get your favorite shirts, hats, sweats, and hoodie. My personal favorite item is still the coffee mug, which has the over-under two-and-a-half cups of coffee on it. I think it's cute. It tells people that you gamble. And most importantly, it tells people that you know how to drink your coffee. So that's my favorite item there. Check out the merch store for brand-new items or deals that are happening all the time. Plus, we are also... Brought to you by Talkify. Now, Talkify is a very, very interesting service. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialist hand-selects uh, successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. And here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner and then try to once again find somebody who perfectly matches what you're looking for plus on top of that right now talkify is giving a special deal they're offering our listeners 20 percent off when you become a client at talkify.com slash sgpn that's t-a-w-k-i-f-y dot com slash sgp for 20% off when you become a client, Talkify.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts plus. They also have you covered in a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA golf. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the Acapulco Tournament. Now it's time to get into the actual lock and dog picks for the matches. And starting off with the lock in this episode, it was pretty difficult because trying to actually find matches that I had a really strong lean on was... The dog, I knew what I was going to take. It was the lock that I had a bit of a hard time with because I wasn't sure if I wanted to go with Manorino plus two and a half games or not. Because of Nori's potential fatigue and the fact that he had the 7-5 final set and he had a couple against uh, Alcaraz in the final and he's changing surfaces and he also had a couple of three-set matches against Zapata for example. You know what? I think I'm going to trust my instincts on that one. I am going to go with Manorino. I'll take Manorino... Uh, Do I want to go with the first set or do I want to go with the uh, plus two and a half games here? Uh, First set's going to be plus money, so there's really no reason to actually add the extra risk in there. Um, I think I'm going to go with just Manorino plus the two and a half games. I just think it's a good spot for him. His game can definitely give players problems and Nori is switching surfaces. He's also off of a serious gauntlet in terms of just schedule difficulty. I think it's a good spot for Manorino to capitalize on a tired Nori who also might have been celebrating after winning a championship. So I think that it's a good spot to fade Nori here. I was tempted to take something involving Tiafo, but unfortunately, I don't see Tiafo straight sets, and even if I did, he's minus 1,400 on the money line, so there wouldn't have been any value on that match in particular. I I didn't really see much, so I think as a result, I am going to go with the Manorino plus 2.5 games. You can maybe find plus 3 at a juiced price. I don't mind that either, but I do think that Manorino should be able to make this match competitive, and I will go with my... Usual handicap or my usual strategy of fading potentially exhausted players. And I think it's a very bad scheduling spot for Nori. So give me Mandarino, plus two and a half games as my lock at minus 110. And for my dog, I'm going to go to the other guy who should be fatigued. I mentioned why I'm not betting anything on him to actually win the tournament. I will take McDonald on the money line against Alcaraz. And you can find that at around plus 180 i uh, just quickly going to see if I could find a better price. But I'm assuming it's going to be around the 180 to 2 to 1 range. Uh, so let me just see if I can find a better price. But simply put, I think it's a terrible spot for Alcaraz. I'm shocked he showed up for this event. I think there's a decent chance he actually withdraws mid-match. Because McDonald isn't an easy guy to play against. The serve isn't great by any means. But I do think that his movement and his variety can give players problems. And I do think that McDonald... Looked good in the Australian Open. He has looked pretty solid this year. And I think that with Alcaraz changing surfaces and with his leg injury, and besides that, you have the fatigue concerns playing in two straight clay tournaments back-to-back weeks. I think it's a great spot to fade Alcaraz and make sure whichever book you bet it on, they do grade out if one full set is completed and there's a retirement. Because I do think a retirement for Alcaraz is actually in the cards here. If Alcaraz goes out there, and he tweaks something again, or if he ends up just looking awful out there, you might see him roll over. I mean, we know Alcaraz is not afraid to put on a show for the fans and how that's a big reason thats a big reason why a lot of fans like him and why he's the future face of tennis. But as a reason why, in my opinion, he did not withdraw from Rio de Janeiro was the fact that the likes started bothering him once he was already deep in the tournament. He was already in the semis against Jari when he took his injury timeout. And then he's not going to retire against Nori in the middle of a final when he's three games away from winning the championship. Didn't happen. But the point is, Alcaraz was so deep in the event that I think he just couldn't withdraw or retire because he was very close to winning the championship. Now he's starting over at square one. It's round one again. He's on hard court. It's, which should obviously play faster than clay, despite how slow Acapulco's hard, court, uh, hard courts are. The point is, with Alcaraz starting back at round one, I think he has a bigger incentive or bigger motivation to retire if the the match is not going his way or if his leg acts up. And I do think that as a result, I want to make sure I get compensated if Alcaraz loses the first set and decides, you know what, I need to rest my leg, I don't feel so well. So as a result, I'm going to go with McDonald. Uh, On the money line against Alcaraz is my dog at plus 176. That's going to wrap it up, though, for this outright episode. Part two of the outrights. We're back later in the week to go through these tournaments once again, probably in the semis or the quarters. We'll see. Once again, though, it's going to be tough to actually organize a proper schedule for these events because of the drastic difference in start times between Dubai and in Acapulco, respectively. So hopefully we'll find a way to go through them. If not, then worst-case scenario, we'll give Acapulco a standalone episode again. But other than that, they can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. You can find me on the NBA Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, obviously. Also the NFL Gambling Podcast. I do know we will be having some off-season episodes. So if you want some NFL draft coverage or some very early award breakdowns or division breakdowns or win totals, et cetera. NFL gambling podcast, we'll have you covered there. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.